the dude and look what the cat dragged in whoa mr supply chain in the house gentlemen by the way gotta get a uh, gotta get a little selfie ah, in here. right boom good nice. stuff hey good stuff. what brings you to town uh so passing through on our way home to charlotte but uh was up at bradley university where i, I teach in the undergraduate program did the beer game with some clients up in chicago Ooh. made it back to the the uh, central U.S. just in time for the first good yeah. snow. Um, escaped with the, the snow chasing us the whole way down to uh, Indianapolis. And, I bet. And delighted to have finally escaped down to Chattanooga and left the snow behind. You know what else escaped? 10,000 carnivorous minks in northwest Ohio. I didn't know they were carnivorous. <laughs> yeah, no, like they hunt So are they eating people? Are the Amish in trouble up there? Or what? Small children. Small children. Like small Amish children are in yeah. trouble from minks. Do you do like mink crossing signs then on the highway? I do, I think you're going to have to now. Alerts on the, they, on the road signs? They said, that, they said that they had to shut down part of the highway because so many minks were getting run over. There was, there was a, just a mink <laughs> invasion. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's an ass load of minks. That's 10,000 minks. Alerts coming up on your phone, it's, right? And that's one of those where you're like, is this real? Yes. Right? Or so is this, did somebody hack the Do you the say 10,000 mink or 10,000 minks? I think yes. it's just mink. I think it's just mink, right? Minktopai. That's, that's what you call multiple. <laughs> minktopai? Okay. Hey, anyways, we got, hey, we got awesome guests today. We got, we got this gentleman here. We'll talk about some of the stuff he has going on. We'll talk about my Torque visit. We're going to talk about Uber Freight State of the Market Report. They just put out a real big one. It's yeah. seen a lot of... What we've seen, and we'll sort of find out why the Grinch stole peak season. Uh, Port X is here talking about the the hardest hike in logistics and what to do when you get an air freight emergency. What do you do when you get a mental emergency? CFI's Joel Schneider is going to tell us uh, how to manage stress during times like these, peak season. Maybe you're worried about your job. Maybe you're worried about your business. Well, I have one of those almost every day. A mental those emergency. prices? No, I know. But admitting that you have those things, too, is like yeah, those are the first steps yeah, you can work yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah. And there's no shame in it, people. Well, anyways, let's tip the band and we'll get into action today. Surge Transportation now offers digital autonomous load booking for our carrier partners. Visit loads.surge.com 24-7 to book loads at competitive market rates with the click of a button. What else can they do? They can also book it now through leading industry load boards is what they can do. Nice. <laughs> let's get to some headlines. Sort of. All right, guys. Well, I was down at Torque, went down to New Mexico, check out an autonomous truck. Really interesting company. They are a little bit different than the plus truck that we saw, Michael Vincent. Yeah, a couple weeks yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. That plus, was a level two one, right? Yeah, that, well, there was a level, they said it was level four, but it was operating at level two. Yeah, they had it pared down. We all we can say is it was at level two because that's what they drove it at for right. us. Um, this right. was at a level four. One of the big differences between Torque and a lot of these other companies, though, is that Torque is completely funded by Daimler. So they've already got that OEM relationship. Okay. And they okay. don't, it's weird when you go there, they don't have like this sense of urgency you'd expect from a lot of these VC companies where it's like heavy pitch. No, like they kept pointing out things like these sensors on here and they were like, this is becoming oh. a viable product. Autonomous trucks are becoming a viable product, but they aren't yet. 
those sensors on there, that's like $500,000 to $700,000 worth of sensors. Oof. And they were talking about what their real goal is, is singular focus, and it's on a hub-to-hub system where drivers would initiate. They, they'd originally get the trailer, you know, they'd pick it up from origin. They'd get to that mid-mile long over-the-road point at a hub. And that would travel to the long distance point. And then that would transfer for the shorter mileage to an actual driver. That is 100% their focus. And they say it's about a decade out still for that. So the next year, the next decade is all going to be spent in pilots, mapping roads, um, being in geofences, getting through regulations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so th- not only do they have to map all those roads, right? But then they have to uh, uh, they have to allow for um, the non-static nature of those roads because roads are anything but static, right? Sure. With, with all the all that kind of stuff, is is it is it that? And but I mean, is it bringing down the cost of seven hundred thousand? Is that part of the issue? Why it's ten years out? Well, or you is have it functionality? To. It's a hard problem, though, right? And, yeah. And anytime you have these autonomous vehicle conversations with people that really know, yeah, they're like, you know. Uh, uh, you, one of the illustrations I love, I, I remember uh, one of the autonomous folks one time, like trying trying to put on a set of glasses to, to help you understand, you know, what the vehicle is seeing. And like yeah. the example he used was a cloud that was shaped like a pig, yeah. right? And so like, how does the artificial intelligence know that that's a cloud versus an actual pig in the road. Yeah, because right. overlying stuff, the LIDAR, the radar, and yes. all that stuff. Sure. All that stuff paint that, that has, has well, there's to come some, together. And there's some density in that, because I was asking them, like, well, what happens if a box falls off a truck? Or what happens if a toddler runs into the road and you have a truck on either side? Yes. There's sort of trolley problems. So, like, what is the ethics of the AI, and how does it decide that? And, I mean, it's still a computer, and you still have a safety driver in there. And they're like, well, in one of those instances, you would Hopefully. be taking over. Hopefully. But the... That, that's what the mapping is going on. But one of the things that I, it seemed like they wanted to clear up were some of the misconceptions, like how people okay. bundle um, EV tech with a, with right. autonomous tech. AV Not the and same EV thing. are completely different. They're different. They're trying to solve at different points right now. EV is realizing that they have to solve in that short range uh, port Last to port. Mile. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Actually, the initial part of the hub right, right now would be more the EV. But all these a all these AV systems are on diesel trucks because they want to test that range, and right. AV cannot provide that. The other interesting aspect is that AV is more popular. I mean, I'm sorry, EV is more popular than AV. Autonomous, um, electric vehicles, you can sell people on the environmental benefit. You can right. sell them on those yes, kind of yes, things. You can yes, sell them on regulatory. Yes. Where, where with autonomous yeah. vehicles, you got to convince people who are afraid they're going to take their jobs and you're convincing people who are afraid to drive with them. So much yeah. different problems. So that's another reason why that timeline's like 10 years. Sure. Yeah, the general public, the private citizen sees AV as more of a luxury type of thing than a necessity or saving you. Can I ask you a question yeah. about the when we took the plus ride, yeah. right? There were and it's only 2 versus 4. But you were basically driving the truck and then letting it handle certain things, yes. right? So you had if you're going to change like you did. With the with this, with the torque truck, are you like putting in a geo location or an address and then it's just taken over and June the change lanes and all that kind of stuff all by itself? Yeah, it, so it, once it's on the road and, and sort of just like in the plus, you'd have an initiation point where yeah. the system's live and it's not live and this blue hue comes on okay. in this particular truck. And that's when it's taken over. But the big difference was, like you mentioned there, where level two was like really expensive driver assist and you even had to initiate lane changes. Yeah. 
This can do all that itself once it's clear to be driving itself on the highway. Now okay. it has sensors, so your hands have to be on the wheels. So there's always kind of like that that Ouija board thing. Like, is he really summoning the spirits, or like, is it you know, is it doing it itself? But I mean, the tech the tech's pretty sound. They they can mention all the pilots, but I gleaned from it that there there's at least some going as far as North Carolina east and some going as far west as Phoenix at the moment. They didn't mention Phoenix, but I got truck drivers out on the road who have seen these trucks and saw one when I was there in oh, Phoenix, even though okay. they wouldn't confirm it on Mission Control. Right. I trust my drivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah it's yeah, cool yeah. stuff. And, and I think that the tech's a long way away. It was cool. They showed it to us. I really appreciated the um, the measured approach they had to all of that. You, you know, the thing I like about it is um, it reminds me a lot of the way aircraft work today, right? Yeah. And and Fred Smith gave this talk at the University of Arkansas a couple of years ago that he said, you know, you want to talk about autonomous vehicles? We have it today, right? Yeah. A pilot gets into an airplane, sort of taxis up the runway, you take off, you press a button, and then you've got the robot really flying, right? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the same sort of model that, that Torque's going after, at least in the near term. And, and that kind of seems to make sense, right? That's the balance. Well, a couple of the things they said that I found were interesting, they said that there is no viable product for human-assisted autonomy. Nobody's really buying that. And there's some companies that are selling on that, companies we've had here on before, but they say that's not a viable product. A carrier ultimately wants that driver out of the truck if they're actually buying this technology. So that's good news or bad news, depending on, on who uh, you are. But that uh, is... Uh. That's what they said. That's there. where it's right. going. And, you know, so, like, it's hard not to believe that. Well, it seems because like... Because uh, why would you spend the amount of money the system costs just as driver assist? If it doesn't, if it can't be regular, and then if it can be approved to drive when the driver's sleeping, right. then why is why the, driver is the driver in the there? cab? I mean, right. like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, there's no benefit to it really other than safety if a driver's got to yeah. sit there and touch the wheel the whole time because you're not, you're not, that truck can't run 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. You got to conform to hours of service and everything else. Very interesting. So, very interesting. Backing, parking, anything like that, or just straightforward stuff? Straightforward. It's the regulatorily, it still can't do um, like the parking itself. Mm. Um, I mean, I think at level four, it ideally at some point would be able to because you don't have to be level five to be able to do that. But safety is like the huge stress point here because that's one other thing I should mention. There is a massive amount of existential dread that either one of your trucks will mess up or one of your competitors' trucks will mess up. Mm. Something will happen like um, what happened in Las Vegas when someone went in Nevada when someone got ran over and it sets the industry way back. So that was a big concern that you can tell that they have. And they're very, very serious. Oh, about the like uh, bike, bicyclist at like yeah. one or two or The person or more, ran across the road. Two sound or something, yeah, something like, like that like they that. have a couple few years ago that's really what about the trailer interaction did they talk about that did you talk about that at all like i mean uh, it's fully loaded i mean it's like a truck so you got to hook the trailer up you know yourself it, there's no like sort of outside exoskeleton walking around that can like do a pre-trip or like connect a trailer yeah, yeah 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 or any of that yeah. so you would still need um assistance uh by the way our last conference before f3 was in arkansas you have some news about arkansas we'll get to but she, uh shelly simpson from jb hunt she put up a great video of the university and jb hunt and the freight communities association so let's take a look right real quick today's been a great day uh, it was so wonderful to be out there uh, with my co-workers that are all veterans, hearing the crowd, hearing the cheers, getting the game ball. It's just hard to put it all into to place. It was just such an overwhelming feeling being out there on the field with everyone. So it was definitely more than anything I could have imagined. But there's a lot of companies that claim to be military friendly. There's a lot of universities that claim to be military friendly. J.B. Hunt and the University of Arkansas proves it constantly. J.B. Hunt is such a pillar of this institution. 
They make so much of what makes the University of Arkansas great, and so it's an honor for us to have their brand associated with the Razorbacks in everything that we do, and especially here today on Military Appreciation Day. Pretty cool. And now you are working with that university, are you not? I am. I'm teaching uh, the basically the introduction to supply chain course in our, our new online master's in supply chain management program. Um, you know, un Arkansas has had such a great program. I was, uh, years ago, I was on their advisory board, um, and, and I've just watched over the years as that program has gotten better and better. Great relationship with J.B. Hunt, great relationship with Walmart and Tyson, and um, just a fabulous bunch of students. So I'm, I'm really excited to be, uh, to be a part of it and have a chance to, to be on the faculty there. So do you, current, do you have students now? I do. I've got 24 students in my class. What, what, like, what are you teaching them? Um, so <laughs> our textbook is supply chain management for dummies, yeah. right? And we okay. joke about that all the time. But, right. but really, I, I took, um, I wrote my own textbook and then, you know, do you, do you there get a t-shirt if you sign up for the class? <laughs> or do you have to read a no, certain, right? You have to reach a certain you, amount of attendance to you, get that shirt. <laughs> you've got to have me on your TV show if you want to ah, have the shirt. That's yeah, the that's key. the. Um, but but I, I it, it's it's written as a textbook in that you know it covers all the stuff you need to know about purchasing and operations and logistics and. And, and the basics so that you can have an intelligent conversation with anybody in the supply chain about all of the different roles and how we need to work together. Um, and, and that's the, the point of this class is, you know, we set them up. It's a, it's a, there are 10 courses in the master's program. This is really the introduction to learn the tools, the rules, and the language so you can dive into, you know, some of the, the, uh, uh, the other courses in the track and understand where it fits in, why it's important, why you need to learn this to be successful in supply chain management. Mm -hmm. and, and have mm -hmm. conversations with leaders in logistics and make a real impact. So That's we right. are we're yes. running a little long, so we're going to go over to Ben Cubit because this kind of touches on Bullwhip and oh, how wow. the yeah, corn stole long. peak season and all of those kind of things. Because Uber Freight, they put together this report on the state of the industry, and it's not all great, but let's go over it because information is power. It's Ben Cubit, He's SVP Procurement and Engineering over at Uber Freight, and he's here with us now. Ben, how you doing? Hey, good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you sound great. Where are you, uh, yeah, where are you hanging great. out these days? Where are you sitting? Um, I'm actually sitting a little bit north of Atlanta in Blue Ridge, Georgia. I have to say, uh, oh. love the shout out the University of Arkansas. We have our largest operations center in Rogers. Uh, we hire a lot of great, great people out of the University of Arkansas in our engineering, in our ops. Some of my best friends, I've, I've been at Transplace now, Uber Freight, 12 years. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great university and a great partner of Uber Freight. Wow. When they ask some people ask us, what, like, why is your conference in Northwest Arkansas? And we're like, have you been out there? Right. There's JB Hunt, there's ArcBest, there's Uber Freight's involvement. There's great university. There's great people. It's an amazing, talented ecosystem, especially on the nuts and bolts side of logistics. Walmart's but out there, the too. The Silicon Valley <laughs> of supply chain. Oh, is that sure right? Is. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's in the squatchiest part of the country right there. There's more Sasquatch oh. and Blue Ridge than anything else. I hope you're being safe out there, my friend. There there's actually a Sasquatch Museum about 15 miles from my house. Oh, well, yeah, you're darn right there is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> darn right there is. Well, well Ben. I think I, uh, a, I think I missed the conversation. 
I'm not sure if Bigfoot is a myth, and I'm not sure if peak season's a myth or not either. Let's talk a little bit about what your report found over at Uber Freight. What were you guys looking into? Yeah, so, um, you know, we do this quarterly. We look at the, you know, $14 billion in FUM we have. Uh, we see probably another 4 or $5 billion through consulting, you know, 530 million transactions, all, all kinds of things. What I like to say is, as we talk with this about shippers and, and conferences like this, I, you know, it's interesting peak. I, I think everyone feels confident we're not going to have much of a peak season this year. And, um, you know, we early started the year with, uh, you know, kind of coming out of just record time, spot at a record level in December. And then we've continued to see that fall off, you know, tremendous fall in both the amount of uh, freight going to the spot market and, um, you know, the rate. So we, we've seen that kind of go all year. A lot of shippers, you know, wondered if there were some things that would disrupt that. And we've seen most of those risks disappear. You know, we didn't really have much of a beverage peak, a peak season in June, July. Um, you know, it was, it was strong, but, but it didn't disrupt the market. Uh, we've come through hurricane season. Of course, what, what happened in Florida was terrible for all those folks involved, but that was a very local event. You know, we've got through hurricane season without it disrupting the freight market. And now, you know, peak doesn't look like it is. So we, our, our, our you know, freight update overall says that it's, you know, it's pretty good situation. Supply has more than caught up with demand. Mm. Demand hasn't fallen off, but it's leveled off. And depending on the industry, it can still be decent or it can be a little bit down. But, you know, demand's okay, but it's really a story of supply. Yeah, too Greater much driver availability, et cetera. Yeah. Well, that beverage uh, disappointment was probably Daniel's uh, fault because he stopped drinking this summer. So that's probably what happened there. But uh, <laughs> so, you know, according to the reporting, you know, a lot of things that we've seen, you're talking about this. You got the slowing down, spending slowing down. Consumers are spending less. Inventories have expanded. Right. Order backlogs really kind of declined. Right. We're getting through sure. that stuff. It's impacting shippers and, uh, and, 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 and carriers alike. How can they or what do they need to be doing going through this non-peak peak season? Yeah, you know, I, I think we look at it and what we see shippers, and again, I think we probably interact with, with more shippers on a, seeing their full network every day than probably just about anyone in North America. And what we see is shippers have more options than they've had the past year. And I, I think what you see is a real shift. So, you know, everybody was just fighting the day-to-day battle and every day and, and you tried to find trucks and you went home tired. Well, now, you know, service is better. You know, first tender acceptance is way up. You know, if I have a carrier in the route guide, they're likely to take that load. They're likely to service it. So if I'm a shipper, I can start focusing on service again. And I can also start getting a little bit of cost out. You know, it, it's an opportunity to claw back some of that, what was really the most extended and extraordinary period of freight inflation really in the last 30 years. So, you know, they're able to claw a little bit of that back while still maintaining, you know, strong carrier partnerships, a, a strong foundation of service. And I think now people are starting to try to shift some resources and look out over the horizon and say, how can I, how can I bring automation back stronger? How can I get more efficient? Where can I innovate? Um, where can I, where can I do things to make my network more efficient? You know, a lot of people were shipping air last year because of allocations. Mm. So we've seen truckload weights come back up, et cetera. So I think it's a, you know, it's enjoying that service has improved and that, you know, life's a little bit better, a little bit of opportunity to take some cost out, not every mode, not every geo, and then an ability to kind of focus again on, on, 
initiatives that that move you forward, not just you know keep you treading water every day. Mr. Supply Chain, what does this bullwhip tell us about all this? You've been warning us about this for over two years. Is that what we're seeing in this report, too? Well, it, it's absolutely. You know, this is one of those fundamental things that you see when you start thinking about supply chains as systems, right, is that you get a little bit of an increase in demand, and that gets amplified at every step as you move up the supply chain, right? So COVID hit. We had, you know, we, we were home. We were buying more stuff. Well, you know, what's happening now? Warehouses are full of inventory. All that stuff is, is sitting there. So we've, we've got all the, the transportation capacity that we needed to get all that stuff to the warehouse right on. and the stores. And, and now I, it seems like, you know, we, we don't really need, is my sense, as much capacity as what we've needed for the last year or two. Um, and so that's good if you're on the shipper side, right? Uh, but, but the problem is, Daniel, he said that we have that capacity and Sonar shows that as well. We've we've added, yeah. I think, more capacity in the past year than we had, like, historically, I don't know, ever, right? Or at least I mean, in our series was starting. It was, it was, it was a massive pace. Yes. Amount. So we know there's a problem. What, can, what technology, at least that Uber Freight provides, can someone use right now to get through these next couple of quarters? Yeah, you know, we, we look at the technology two ways. So, um, you know, the historically, we've been very shipper focused. And so there's a lot of technology that will help shippers focus during this. We um, we, we use uh, Jagger as our, our sourcing partner, and you know they bring great optionality and robust scenario capabilities as you're looking at better options than you've had in procurement. We see a lot of network optimization, and, and we use Llamasoft as our tool and our engineering group. We'll probably do 40 to 50 network optimization projects where people are looking. You know they've had disruptions, they've grown through acquisitions, and they're saying, okay. Where should I have DCs? What role should they play? What customers do I serve? And so people are looking at that again. And then automation and efficiency. Whenever we have uh, tighter economic conditions, of course, people are looking at cost hard. So, you know, TMS growth is, is likely is, you know, uh, they say it's going to grow by 64% over the next few years. We're seeing tremendous growth. And so TMS really brings technology to shippers to automate, to drive efficiency, electronic communication, visibility, optimization. And then on the uh, Uber side, it's really about bringing drivers and carriers to the to the network efficiently and letting them interact with the network. We do things like let drivers bundle load so a driver can plan their next five days. Mm -hmm. They can mm -hmm. look at the network and say, you know, here's the load I'm going to take Monday. And when it delivers, here's, here's the closest point. You know, here's a load that really fits me. I'll pick up Monday afternoon deliver it Tuesday. So they can do that for four or five days. And one thing Uber's really committed to working with our shippers and carriers is taking empty miles out. So we've got some aggressive goals. You know, there's a renewed interest uh, across really, you know, everyone in our country, our employees, our family, our customers on sustainability. So one thing we're going to focus on is what can we do to innovate, to bring, um, you know, to take empty miles out of the system. So we're yeah. trying to we're trying to bring technology to both the shipper and the carrier. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got to cut those empty calories and freight. And hey, it's logistics. Who thought you'd have to plan in this business to get by? <laughs> but yeah, when things get tough, you got to plan even more. And it's funny how much fundamentals help. Fundamentals and tech. Tech is just yeah. a tool. You still yeah. got to have those fundamentals. Ben, we thank you so much. The report is great. Where can people go if they want to read this full report? Because it's pretty comprehensive. It covers every single mode. Yeah, they can go to our uh, to our website, of course, and I think it's posted there. Anybody 
uh, that they know at TransPlace. Uh, I think, you know, my email is ben.cubit at uberfreight.com. I can get it to you, but certainly if you go to our, uh, our website, we have that and other informational blogs there with lots of content. Ben, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Have a happy holidays. And thanks for coming on with the truck today. Hey, thanks. Have a great weekend, too. Stay Take safe. See you, ben. Watch out for those squatch. Squat. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> get crazy this time of year, man. <laughs> anyway, you gave us so you gave us something before you came on the show. You gave us uh, the, the supply chain for dummy shirt, and you gave us yeah. uh, this little tote right here. The marketing department is up in their game over in the four dummies world. Well, the so marketing we're... department at What the Truck, me, um, <laughs> has our own thing going on. I have. Uh, we recently had a guest on from OK Boomer, and he has a logistics company, but he also makes a trivia game on the side. And since yeah. you are in studio. Not going to end well. For he gonna sent you- us a bunch to give away to in-studio guests. So I have a... Uh, it's under your shirt. It is? Where did I pull it? Oh, there it is. All right. I just hit it on myself. <laughs> Not in Good your looking shirt. out. Not this shirt. The other shirt. Well, I mean, maybe I'm being... Um, Which generation are you going optimistic, for? optimistic, but Shouldn't I went you for use Gen Silent X era for with him. Okay. Gen X would be... I appreciate that. Thank for, you. Should I have gone Boomer? I, I went Gen X. I, was I, think, being I little, thought you should have went Silent Generation. I went Gen X. I was being kind. All right. Uh, remember that one guy who came in here? So one guy came in here, and we were going to give him a shirt, because when people come in, we give you like a shirt or a hat if you come in studio. And the guy was like, I'll take a large. Oh, yeah. And, and I must like, have looked at him like. Not a chance. We both looked at him like, nah, you're close, like, dude. They're more of an athletic fit. He was like 6'6". Six, six. And he went, I'll take a large. Yeah, I don't know about that. You need brother. two X's in front of that one, <laughs> All right, here. This one is from the category of science. In 1984, what company introduced a laser jet, the first Hewlett desktop laser? I didn't even have to finish. There you go. Look at that. Oh, Look at that. I you love won. it. I love okay, it. Thank Boomer. you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, you and your friends. Okay, Boomer for the always. Meanwhile. <laughs> oh, 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 I hate oh. it when that happens. That was our next guest, by the way. <laughs> At the 4X lot. That is definitely. Cruising into the lot just in time to get on the air. Oh, well, that was that was a very, I wish I had the optimism of that man driving up that ramp there. He, he had some real momentum confidence, going, yeah. right? He was just, he just went for it. I don't think that was going to end well no matter what. It's probably good he did that instead of running it, it, into the back like of the cab. It's like the back of the actual cab itself. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> he came up there yeah. hot. I don't know. That's going to hurt. <laughs> you need the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm music right there. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's get over to Brian Kempisty. He's a partner over, I mean, sorry, he's a founder over at Port X Logistics. And, uh, oh, we got to give a little cowbell, too. I read that there was a recent wedding there by someone named Tyler Pull Book. So, happy wedding to you as well. Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, that wedding was terrible. What was it? What, yeah, what was wrong with it? You know, what was that? He made, me, he made me go to the rehearsal dinner. He made me oh go to the wedding. God. I was in the wedding. And I had to give the toast. Oh. Wow. Uh, so, did you roast him? Was it like a roast toast? I didn't roast him. He gave me some instruction. Short, sweet. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. don't do anything. Don't embarrass me. That was the instructions I got. Yeah, yeah. so don't say anything about the bachelor party or any stories like that. I right? tore up yeah, my best no. friend. He doesn't even talk to me anymore, man. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but Tyler just got out of the joint this morning. <laughs> he was in a drunk tank. 
we 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 buried a lot of stories uh, to to get through that weekend. That was for sure. <laughs> hey, I gotta I gotta ask you because you are like an expert, and he puts his team through some extreme circumstances. Oh. I had the opportunity to sit down about a year ago for an hour, and he was telling me about these extreme hikes that they go on and these like team building things. You posted a picture of a recent hike. Was this one of the harder ones you've been on? And what is the hardest hike in logistics? Uh, yeah, we did twelve miles this year through the mountains of Montana to Sunlight Lake, and there was no water. Um, So everybody was thirsty, whining and complaining a little bit that they might die. Yeah. Uh, But we made it with with no issues. I kept telling them, you can survive three days with no water. You're going to be fine for like five hours. (laughs) I don't know, man. I played Oregon Trail. Grandma died of dysentery a lot of times on me. I'm still So what is going on? So, hey, look, let's say you're out on a hike, though. Let's say you're out on a hike. You had a call. Uh, you had an emergency. You'd call 911. You'd call the hiking services, right? What if you have a freight emergency? Yeah. You might call your own 911 well, service. Yeah, I mean, and you were talking about Sasquatch. I don't know if you can see my There he goes. Yes, yeah, see? Oh, wow. Are so you, Sas- Sasquatch new... is... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sasquatch is real. I mean, our new service, uh, Carrier 911, Portax is known for expediting containerized cargo throughout the United States and Canada. About a year ago, we started Carrier 911, um, and that is recovering air cargo from air cargo handling facilities, uh, could be CFS stations or airlines throughout the United States. And our saying is, I don't know if you can see my shirt, but it may seem impossible. And then on the back is Sasquatch until you see it for yourself. So we are very Sasquatch related over here at uh, see, I told you. I told you, man. Uh, well, then you take it away. Sasquatch is a is a is silent uh, investor actually, silent partner <laughs> in in Portex. And what the um, truck? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> so let's talk about that service. When do people need it and how to how does it work? Well, you know, we we're traditionally on the ocean side of things and we do business with a lot of uh uh, freight forwarders, as well as beneficial cargo owners around the country. And there was a need to kind of have the silver bullet of what what can happen is you can email or call us. You're going to have a rate and availability within 10 minutes and a pickup within one hour anywhere in the United States, um, hmm. which sounds like, well, it may seem impossible. Um, but with our uh, network of drivers that have sprinter vans, um, straight trucks, and dry vans. We've been very, very successful, grown the business uh, extremely quickly, um, and we do have availability uh, across the country. And it's not just the availability, but then we tie that in with our technology, and there is links to the driver, to his speed, to his location, and those links can be shared with everybody up and down the supply chain. Interesting. Daniel, what would you, what Mr. Supply Chain, what would your students ask about a program like this after reading Supply Chain for Dummies. Right? Um, so I, I love it. I, actually, what, what I would want to know is like a case study, an example of, of something, because it seems like, you know, it's a way of responding to a disruption. It gives you some adaptability, some flexibility. And you're talking, Brian, about having visibility into the supply chain at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one is the responsiveness. We have professionals in the air freight industry on the team, right? So the first thing that we do is we track all of the inbound flights, whether it's coming to an FBO, like mm-hmm. the backside of the airport, or it's coming to United Airlines. So we have uh, a site that we can go 
too, that is, we're going to be able to track all of those flights inbound. Um, we know once that plane lands, um, it's about 90 minutes until it's cleared. Um, we have the drivers on standby uh, to pick it up. And then those links, when the drivers are in transit, um, will give you complete visibility. We had an example, uh, LA to Nashville. Uh, it wasn't Nashville proper, but you know, a suburb. Mm -hmm. uh, four pallets of auto freight that came into LAX. And it was a, you know, about a 40 hour transit. They checked the link. When I say they, all parties of the supply chain, uh, checked the link 76 times from the time that we picked it up until the time it delivered. So that's 76 phone calls, emails, um, or other modes of communication that were eliminated because all the parties of the supply chain could check on this thing constantly. Yeah, X3 or 4, right? Because you got to wait for a reply, et cetera. They're not there. You leave yep. a message and confusion, et cetera, right? And if you think about it just yeah. as freight, you know, it may seem like a, a lot of work and probably a lot of money. But for example, I, I don't know what those four uh, pallets were, but if you're running a factory mm. and, and you're missing material that's going to lead to a line shutdown that's going to cost you $100,000 or it's going to cause you to miss an order for one of your customers, right? Being able to have somebody that can get that done and get it to you when you need it uh, and, and having the visibility to see it coming in, that's powerful and it's that's money. Well, right? I, used to, I used to run, so I used to deal in perishable fish, air freight. So I used to have to run customs docks all the time to Logan Airport. And one of the things it says here is it makes sure the driver has the right paperwork and understands <laughs> yeah, where to go. If important. you've had to run docks to an airport before, you can you will understand this is a lot more confusing than yes. it sounds and yeah. can be a lot more of a struggle and waste a lot more time and cost you a lot more money. Is that not true, Brian? And you're dealing internationally on, on some of yeah. these too. Like we, we had a shipment that came in that said Saudi, Saudi Arabia Airlines. Well, they don't fly to the United States. Mm. So we had the professionals that knew that like that this is, this is real. This doesn't happen. So we actually uh, ray the driver. We had to, you know, walk him through the process. We're like, this doesn't exist. Let us figure out exactly where it is. It ended up being at Lufthansa because there is no Saudi Arabia Airlines in LAX. Um, but we have the people on staff. And this was at 2.02 2 a.m. You know, so if we didn't get that done at 2.02 .02 a.m., that freight would not have arrived in Salt Lake City, Utah the next day. Uh, but because uh, Jason was, you know, ready, willing and available, um, we were able to, to direct him to the right place get it recovered, get them on the tracking, and get it delivered next day. Now, Brian, people who deal with air freight know how important this is. So where should we send them to so they can start using your service? Uh, Carrier911.com um, or Carrier911 um, on LinkedIn are the best places to go find it. And you're going to find a cool uh, bunch of swag. You're going to see the, the stickers for Sasquatch. Uh, the T-shirts are going to be available soon. So mm. anybody that wants to reach out for a uh, uh, it may seem impossible until you see it for yourself T-shirt. You uh, sent us some, right? You sent I'm going yeah. right to the website immediately. Yeah, you know, we got that Christmas tree. We're putting, that, watch fan. We're putting that freight holiday Christmas tree up. You guys are getting some Sasquatch gear for sure. Right on, brother. Right, and, they, you know, am way. I right or wrong? They do not play pickleball, do they? Uh, 
I've never seen Sasquatch playing pickleball. See, there they you got go. probably told <laughs> you that. Anybody told can. You. Even your grandmother can, Michael Vincent. Take <laughs> yeah, it easy. They choose Frank not to. They have self-respect. <laughs> they don't do it. Before we go, I'm here yeah. in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, for any college football fans, mm. go Cats go. College game day. Montana, Montana State in Bozeman, Montana tomorrow. Yeah. So check it out. I will be there. The Portex crew is going to be there. Uh, a big day in Bozeman, Montana. Do us a favor when you're there. By the way, so one of the other things we're doing for a very what the truck Christmas is recording holiday messages. If you think it's a good opportunity, record yours when you get the whole team there at College Game Day. It'll look awesome. Just say, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or whatever from Portex. Send me the tape. You got it. All right, man. Take it easy. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Good right check out I guess this is a good time to talk about it. So yeah. we tease it. Show this little video of the freight holiday Christmas tree. We started this tradition. Started this. Do we got music on that too? Play that little music for us. Yeah, there we go. A little Peanuts gang, right? So we started this tradition last year. It was awesome, Daniel Stan. We put up the freight holiday Christmas tree. We put out a call out to the, to the um, logistics community on social media, on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have ornaments you want your company featured on here, just send them to me. Yeah, there's no cost or anything. Just DM me on at Timothy Dooner on Twitter, uh, tduner at freightwaves.com. You can email me or on LinkedIn, find me. Um, I'll give you the address. You send them over here. The other thing we love to do on our Christmas special, which is December 16th, a very what the truck Christmas is have all of you wish the community a great time. You can be as creative with it. We've had people do, um, really awesome, funny videos. Maybe we should do a giveaway this year too. Oh yeah. We'll see if maybe we like, uh, Bradford, do you think we get like a, maybe an event ticket, like one event ticket to Cleveland? Oh, for yeah. best holiday video. There you go. Share. You think I don't have that? I'll, I don't have yeah. I'll see if I can get that done. Oh, for we'll you get that done. Well, yeah, we'll get something no, like that we, done. We, for you can make this happen. We can make. We'll this. make that happen. Yeah, we'll right. put some stakes yeah. in here too. I mean, it's great cheer. Great way to give back. Great way to have your company featured on the show. And uh, it's a good time, is it not? It's Indeed. a great time, man. Did you like the the like taxi cab air freshener that was hanging out? Yeah, yeah. I love that. That was that, that. that was classy. Yeah. It's a little little Debbie <laughs> thing. Actually, that is still here. That's there it is. <laughs> this thing, and so is this uh, CP, like CPAP. Yeah, we got oh, that nice. too. Somebody said <laughs> I was using that as garland CPAP last year. <laughs> Anyways, uh, XBO is driven to put your freight first with coverage in nine percent of U.S. zip codes, as well as key routes in Mexico and Canada. XBO help you get your shipments where they need to go on time and damage free, all fine tuned by over thirty-five years of world-class LTL experience. To learn more, tell them, dude. Hey, go to LTL hyphen solutions.xpo.com immediately after the show. So a question I often get is, how do you get on what the truck? Well, a lot of times, just like with that Christmas tree, I put out calls to action in the newsletter or on social media, and I say, hey, there's X topic we want to talk about. If you have information about it or you think you'd be a good speaker, reach out. This gentleman, Joel Snyder at CFI, he reached out to one of those call-outs in the newsletter and said, you know what? I've done a presentation on dealing with stress in tough times and logistics. We are all very familiar with that in this side of this industry, and he's here with us now. Joel, thanks for taking some time out of your day to join us on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Great show so far. So tell us a little bit about why you replied to that email when I was looking for people who could speak on helping to navigate through these tough times in freight. Yeah, great question, and uh, thanks for having me again. I, I think what, what kind of spoke to me was seeing all the stuff going on, layoffs um, like crazy, um, companies shutting down, issues with supply chains ongoing. Everybody's just got a general sentiment of kind of negativity right now and wondering where do we go from here? And and some people want to put their head in the sand and, and just hope things get to a place where, oh, it's just like I remember it, but that's just not how the world works. 
And the reality is, is that we we have to deal with the change that's occurring and the reality we're in now. And doing that's difficult, but I believe talking to people about some things that they can do to adapt to change um, can have a, a big difference. I hate to see anybody in this industry um, feel down about themselves. I've been in the industry for 25 years. I've seen everything in just about every job there is to do in it. And it uh, it just kind of called to me to talk to people where I could and, and send a message that there's ways of surviving and even thriving through this industry. And uh, that's what I'd love to talk about. Yeah, so Joel, I'm I'm looking at uh, looking at the presentation that you did and 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 some of the findings on the on the surveys and in the, in the studies, and and I'm wondering how this do, do we know how this matches up versus like a test year or some or previously because a lot of this the negative yeah. side is much higher. Well, in what are many they? Give cases, us some context right? here. Well, I mean, like anything. Okay, so the first thing is just their 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 view of anything. Eighty nine percent was negative. Seventy three percent was positive. Okay. So that, I mean, that's anything and any, and then personal relationships was 33% positive, 41% negative. They're able to spend time, free time, how they're able to spend their free time is 26% positive, 32% negative down the board. Everything seems to be on the negative side. Is this a huge difference from previous? Yeah, I I believe so. And and it's primarily due to the um, COVID pandemic and the increased isolation of people working from home and just the general feeling of what are we going through? This is a once in a century time we're experiencing. And because of that, nobody's got the memory of this is how we deal with this stuff because it is so unprecedented. So um, relative to a normal year, these are all off the chart and understandably so. And so that's where to me, um, throughout history, unprecedented times have led to unprecedented solutions and adaptations. And that's if we choose to look at it that way in terms of the possibilities and the opportunities, it's a very different um, and more positive and healthier mental approach to this current situation we're in. What, what are your thoughts on the psychology uh, through the pandemic, especially in the lens of a stressful world like supply chain and one that has been so up and down financially? Totally. Well, I, you know, I the first thing for me is like to really understand that it affects all of us differently. Yeah. Right. It, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you've got kids, if you don't have kids, if you're looking after parents, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. depending on what your job is, if you've got to be, you know, in a facility, in a truck versus if you can work from the office. So so just coming to terms with the fact that it is it is literally a different experience for all of us that we're all going through together. Um, but I'll tell you, yep. Joel, you know, one of the things that that's striking me a lot is we're, you know, for the last couple of years, there have been a ton of opportunities, right? The, the economy has been mm-hmm. booming. So it's it's sort of been like, you know, you could be really choosy about, you know, what do you what do you want to do? Because somebody will hire you to right. do it now. You know, if things are kind of cooling down and we're starting to see announcements for layoffs, you know, one of the things that I like to to reinforce for people is like, Whatever job you've been doing, those skills and those insights are useful for some other role in the supply chain. Mm. So don't yes. necessarily assume mm-hmm. that like if mm-hmm. you get laid off for one job from one job, you've you've just got to go find that job someplace else. Think a little bit more broadly about, okay, well, well, what I learned there, how can that help me? And maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for me to move ahead, push me out of my comfort zone, challenge me to do something that I wouldn't have otherwise done that in the long run is going to be a, a big improvement. Yeah, that's a great Absolutely. point. Absolutely. That's, that's a perspective choice. 
Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So one of the other things that you had in here that I thought was interesting is one of the slides on this presentation was so polar opposite of itself, right? It said humans tend to believe that change is temporary and that the future will resemble the past, right? But they're also hardwired to adopt to that change. It reminds me of group dynamics, right? Storming, norming, and performing type of thing. Yep. Is that kind of what we're mm -hmm. going through as a society? And where are we at? Are we still stunned kind of? Or are we coming out of going, you know what? We're going to change and yeah. move forward. We're still stunned, and I think we're going to be stunned for a little while because, again, we don't. None of us have a memory of going through this before, so we can't apply something from our past. Uh, I think to your point earlier about every one of us is going through something different. We also each have our own ways of dealing with it, and I think that's what we need to focus on. We can look at micro times in our life that we've dealt with a really traumatic situation or a change, and think about the tools we had at that time or learned from that situation. To adapt, and so I, I think we're all kind of still stunned. I think we're probably on the, uh, the the very back end of that. Meaning, I think in the next couple of years, things will start to feel like the current change is now the norm, and we'll be adapted to that. But to get through there, I worry about a lot of people, especially the drivers who are out on the road on their own, um, isolated, and the folks who are now going from an environment where they're working with groups of people and now they're at home. And it's really hard to have that personal interaction that we well, all Joe, need and crave as a social being. Jill, do we have, do you have any tips that that's like daily tips that someone could use sure. to um, practice, sure. I guess, that, that mindfulness and that mental reset? Yeah, I, I think everybody can do this every day. Uh, one of the most important things is despite the winter weather, and I live near Minnesota, so I'm experiencing it, the joy of it uh, this week, um, is get outside, do something for yourself that's healthy and positive. Get outside and, and exercise if you can, but even just to walk or just to step outside and get out of this kind of cocoon we put ourselves in. Um, practicing mindfulness is a really great tool mm. that you can do at any moment of the day when you're feeling like you're just overwhelmed, and that's a total normal human experience. But as humans, we can adapt to that by taking a second to just close our eyes and think of that moment, feel something in that moment, the breath we're taking in, the clothes on our bodies and what that feels like, um, the sounds around us, and not judge, but just to be there. And I think being present versus trying to push or react to feelings gives us a, a sense of center that you can't have otherwise. The other thing is schedule things that you're looking forward to with friends and family and make reminders so you know you have good things coming up. The holidays are great because you have all these great food, great presents. You might get a CPAP hose in your Christmas tree. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, things like that. So who can't? how could you not be excited if you're going to get a CPAP machine and in 10 years you can build it? Yeah, there you go. Is that what is that so, picture? Joe, hey, that Joe, Joe, we really appreciate these are these are some uh, these are some great <laughs> sure. tips, and we should have you back on to give some more. Thank you so much for coming on and we'll be happy to do it. Everyone wants to connect with you in the meantime. Where do we send them to? I would send them to Joel D Schneider at gmail.com and happy to chat with anybody who's struggling. Cool. Sweet. Take it easy. I love have it. a great weekend. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, folks. Have a great day. Take care. All right, it's time for a little good news, bad news because it's Friday. <laughs> Good news. But by the way, oh, all right. So by the way, Justin, super, 
super trucker who who works here, right? The yeah. truck driver that he's a social media guy. He was telling the story yesterday about like his beards, and he showed a picture of his sister, and I said, "Oh, I assumed everyone in your family would have had beards." And he's he put like a his Civil War colonel, right, uh, uh, uncle, and he told this weird story how he's called um, how he would kill. Union soldiers, and each time he killed one, he took a button and sewed it on his jacket. Never oh, I've heard of that before, it yeah. Like it was like a slasher movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, so bad news, you lost your job at CHRW, good news, everyone in this community is still stepping up, and here's the good thing, all of you stepping up, putting these jobs out there, Melissa Barina, she wrote, I stumbled upon this while looking up the CH Robinson layoffs. I am part of the layoff and looking for a remote position. Data entry would be great. I've been with the company for almost nine years. This news is devastating. I don't have a file here that is built. This was on LinkedIn, but would love to hear about remote positions. Thank you all so much for your kindness in helping us all during this time. On LinkedIn, there's a post that I have up there that has a lot of these job listings. It's probably the best way to interact with this because you can, you can, can, instead of going through like a, you know, an application system, you can start it at a person having a cold or, I mean, a warm lead-in is much easier. Some of the ones that were pushed up were uh, Centurion Trucking is hiring. I mean, there's so many here. I could read them all, but it's just... Yeah, there's a ton of them. You guys have been doing this for a couple of years, and this is, like, one of my favorite things that Freight Waves does. Yeah. It's, like, anytime there, there there's a company that goes bust and the, and the yeah. folks are... You guys are out there saying, let's make the connections because there are people that need you. Hey, we're You've all got, family, man. You got to make amazing. it happen. It's yeah. amazing. So, got to make it happen, you. dude. Sure. Thank you. We well, got to pull our money and do something from Mariah Carey, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, so here's the thing. So are you... So the good news is you're Mr. Supply Chain, but the bad news is Mariah Carey lost a case that could impact you. She will cannot be known as the queen of Christmas. Do Not you think happen. that the Mr. Supply Chain name is in danger now that precedent has been set? Oh my goodness! You know, I hate I I, I hate even thinking about it because it means you got to talk to a lawyer, right? Before you before yeah, you do anything. That's the bad so part. The, right? the, the good news is, <laughs> Mister Supply Chain is actually trademarked. Oh, it is. I Whose have, is it? I, it's mine. Oh, <laughs> I, thank goodness! I've got the piece of paper. Um, but but um, it, it it you know it, it's actually it's a little bit scary to think that anybody else. Would want to be, yeah, right, Mister Supply Chain. But I trademarked um, the Duke I, of Supply Chain for eight dollars a month. On, <laughs> no. For eight bucks a month on Twitter, I could be you, right? Well, right? that's on November thirtieth. They shut that down. <laughs> you got to put parody in it, right? Which oh, well, is, what yeah. If, what if I claim that I am like more Mister right? Mega Mister Supply right, Chain? Right, right, right. And actually, I've thought about putting parody in mine anyway. So, Ooh. I got a question. Here, here's the next one here. So, New Jersey had to tweet this out recently, this cat right here. And it said, if you keep taking photos of the message boards while driving, we'll turn this car around and go back. I, you know, I, I know in Boston they got cheeky, <laughs> like, roadside message boards. But the Philadelphia Inquirer says that as of Wednesday afternoon, messages such as get your head out of your apps and mashed potatoes, not your head, are no longer visible on the New Jersey Department of Transportation's <laughs> network of 215 signs. There's this one driving instructor, this lady, Mary Beth Karuki. She said she doesn't appreciate the sarcasm. Them. So here's some of the messages you won't be seeing anymore. Don't don't cruise boozed. Hocus pocus. Drive with focus. We'll be blunt. Don't drive high. That's my favorite. <laughs> I like that one. Hold on your butts. Help prevent forest flyers. Be a deer watcher. These aren't really sarcastic. Sarcastic would be like, oh, you're a good driver. Yeah, exactly. Right? That would be it. Yeah, that, these aren't sarcasm. <laughs> what do you think? Good or do, should they're, they keep signs? Cheeky. You know, it's a tough thing in advertising, right? Yeah. Because if if you if you're not attracting attention, if you're not doing something to to grab eyeballs, you're not communicating your message. 
But do you really want to be grabbing eyeballs when people are supposed to have their well, eyeballs on the road? Clicking yeah. a ticket, right? Like now yeah. you remember to put your seatbelt on? Yeah, yeah. Exit 341. Those distracting <laughs> darn signs. Are like, you for four of them? Or, yeah, are you for these or not? Like, I, I guess you're a slow I'm reader. I'm for them, man. Nice I mean, car. Did you, it come you, with a turn signal? Like, I, I like it. I, I think I they're good. Too. What are they going to do with all those LED signs now? Slow down. This ain't Thunder Road. I mean, they haven't personalized. Like, in, in in Boston, they like they make it have a Boston accent sometimes. I love those. Yeah, those like, are awesome ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. But instead of like D-R-I-V-E-R, it'd be like I think, You know what? I'm glad they're banning these because it gives hackers something to do. I'm looking forward to what they come up with. Not that I condone that type of stuff. Do not do it. (laughs) Well, um, uh, by the way, this is so this is this is a sign of the times right here. Take a look at what's going out in front of this trucking company. I have Enos Lane. Uh, There is a large group of truck driver truck drivers here that uh, showed up to demand payment. They have not been paid in weeks. Uh, one gentleman said he was owned 17000 another one 10 another one 14000 and they just found out this morning that the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, all these guys have, you know, bills to pay that they can't pay now because they have no money. Um, there's a lot of drivers that are stranded throughout the country with, uh, with their equipment, uh, and their fuel card is not working, so they either have to pay money out of their own pocket to get home. Uh, or there's... Yeah, you, all right, you can stop this tape. This is free on logistics in Bakersfield, yeah. California. They, these drivers still have not get paid. Um, the Department of Transportation says they reached out and the company has not gone in touch with them either. It sucks, man. I've been in a position where I've made, you know, a lot of these drivers, it's not like they're making $150,000, $300,000, $500,000 a year. A lot of these, especially the office workers, I mean, they're making... Forty thousand to sixty thousand dollars—the kind of thing where you get an eighteen thousand dollar bill—that is freaking devastating. Like, oh yeah, yeah, boom, it's I, over. My first logistics job—I was making like thirty thousand dollars in Boston, and like everything is overdraft into the bone, and any bill like that is like insane. Yeah, it absolutely, and it, is. it's unfair. I mean, it's just—it's not right, and um, you know we see it too often, yeah. right? You it, see it too often. It says here they were issuing uh, paychecks from frozen accounts. Oof. That's not good. That's not good. Is everybody no. shady? Dude, so much stuff is going to come out from like the past two years. All like from the start of that PPP money through the four trillion through the FTXs of the world. Like, just hold on to your hold well, on. To Alabama your spot. Schmo or whatever his name was hiding the diamond oh, rings and so stuff obvious. for this PPP. Remember? remember, they're like, yeah, if you took stuff? under like two million, we're not even going to investigate. Yeah, remember we reported that going. Aren't you just inviting fraud? Like, hey, go be a robber. Baron. I called Daniel right away. Said, nah, I don't know. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, <laughs> you want to see something satisfying? Let's take a look at that video. Of the guy chipping the ice. You got that video? The guy oh, yeah. The ice, yeah, the next oh, one. This one. Doing this so it don't this start to melt. This was me in Indianapolis yesterday. Did you have one of those hammers? Look at how thick this is. Look at how thick that is. That sounds really, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so the sad bite. part is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. I, did you, I, you had I, to do that on the I deck of the it. aircraft carrier but, in North well, yeah. Atlantic, right? So I grew up in South Dakota, and so I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Do you suck that, on that? When that's you like it? Tuesday, right? Did you it's, suck on that? Suck on it? Yeah. Like What, the hammer or the... No, the I, I, oh. I, I, you know, bet one of my buddies to do it, right? You stick yeah. your tongue, and then you walk away. Or stick it to the pole. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stick like, your tongue to the pole. Yeah. Mr. Supply Chain, how do people get your stuff and how do they hook up with you? Yeah, well, you know, um, one of the things that I'm just doing, uh, spending a lot of time on these days is uh, LinkedIn learning courses. And I'm, 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 you know, thinking again about the, the, 
the discussion we're having about jobs and stress. And mm. if folks don't know about LinkedIn Learning, first of all, if if you're um, like we're t- we're talking about with the Robinson folks, you've got to have a LinkedIn profile. I mean, and and um, because that's how people can reach you and help you. But within LinkedIn, there's this whole library of professional courses, like 17,000 courses now. I've got one up there about careers in supply chain management. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing a career change, it's, you know, the, the idea is to help you understand those options. There's also stuff up there, though, about managing Where stress. do they go to find them? LinkedIn.com, look for Mr. Supply Chain. LinkedIn.com, look for Mr. Supply Chain. If you're nice to him, maybe he'll send you one of these little tote beds. <laughs> he served our country. He's teaching the next generation of Americans at our universities. Respect this man at your own peril. Find me at Timothy Dude. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Peace Start and love. Show. Don't be a stranger.